at school they had a cupboard filled with recording gear, old multi-tracks and things like that, and none of the teachers had a clue what to do with it. So I never played truant by leaving the school property, but I did play truant by just going to the music cupboard and sitting there. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better. Better. Better acquainted with you. Today we're getting better acquainted with Mako. Hello, Mako. Hello. So Mako is like a nickname, right? It is a nickname, yeah. Am I even pronouncing it right? No, Mako's right. <laughs> I answer to pretty much everything. And right. Yeah, you know, people have spelt it differently. I've had every variation, you know, taco, wacko, taco, <laughs> you name it, I've had it. But yeah. I think it's, um, it's a classic sort of Scottish childhood thing that if your name can be shortened it, or or made into something different, you will get a nickname. It really annoyed my mother, because my real name is Ewan. She gave me that because it, you know, it was nice and short, and she didn't want me to have a nickname. That didn't work. <laughs> I assumed it might be something to do with Scottish football teams, but I'm wrong, am I on that? Curiously, actually, when my son was uh, born, before he was born, we had a very large list of potential names. Uh, my partner thought some of the names were really quite nice and and then she worked out a whole load of them were related to Hibernian Football Club and she was like no just just no (laughs) these are good names for pets and yeah I take a point right I mean fair enough I mean yeah I mean my my knowledge of of football is sketchy at best Scottish football probably even less so I mean the only connection I've got to all of that is I really love uh, the the novels of Irving Welsh so I know know a little bit about it because the characters in those books know about it yeah I mean if you Hibs Hibs have got quite a lot of literary connections there's Ian Rankin Irvin Welsh right uh, Irvin Welsh was definitely probably the most well known it, pretty much in all these books the goodies support well as good you know, are, yeah. the main characters Nothing's that you're supposed to like yeah, 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 yeah. Um, are Hibs supporters yeah and if there's anyone downright nasty they'll be heart supporters right it's generally generally right. speaking although there's I think there are some some sort of slight tweaks to that and and I mean I, I and in his books I mean the rivalry between those teams is not necessarily looked on as a positive thing and certainly not the the kind of football hooliganism that's slightly around it he doesn't sort of say hey that's cool but he does love the sport and he loves those teams yeah yeah he's 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 yeah definitely he's he's very much a, 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 a football fan and a hips fan yeah. right yeah. and we're recording this in Brighton in a studio so yes. this is like for people who for the imaginary people that I imagine are always complaining about the sound quality well this time round it's done in a proper radio station in a proper recording studio make of that what you will really I mean if you prefer this sound then I hope you enjoy it uh, otherwise yeah I mean, but it, I've just noticed that it clipped a bit earlier on so I've dropped the levels down yeah bit. I mean you're a you're an actual sound professional whereas I'm just a person who makes podcasts so I, I like the idea of doing this in a recording studio because yeah this is kind of your your natural environment right you might hear in the background it is a working radio studio so there's people coming in and out the Brighton Bears and uh, the local gay rugby club so yeah all sorts of interesting people coming through here yeah the first question that I ask everybody which I haven't even got to yet is how do you know me 
through the wonderful world of social media. We've got, obviously, um, shared interest in podcasting, audio. I, I would say we're pretty prolific Facebook, Twittery people. Right. We are sharing things, you know, you, I, I, I think that's probably it. It's yeah. just it's like, it's come through... <clears throat> I look at your 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 Twitter feed and go, well, that's interesting. I'll I'll retweet that. Yeah, yes. I mean, I'm very grateful to the to the relatively frequent retweets I get from you. Uh, that's yeah, that's that's great. And I mean, you share a lot of very interesting articles about audio and stuff like that. So we definitely have like a a, a kind of mutual kind of swapping of of ideas yeah. going on on social media. I don't quite know how we came to. Uh, initially be connected on social media though I've no idea I mean I, I was, think I was Twitter was first yeah. I think and then kind of now we're both part of a kind of podcast group on on Facebook that includes quite a few other podcasters and so that makes sense yeah. but I can't remember the first interactions that, that we had or anything on, 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 on social media it just feels like yeah, we we're, we're social media connected for a while, and I don't know how that started, but who cares? I mean, no, I mean, there's a number of people, and there's a number of people I've, I've sort of bumped into randomly, you know, in the street even, and then we got talking, and I was like, oh wait a minute, I do follow you on Twitter, and, <laughs> I, and yes, and and we speak to each other on right. Twitter, and yeah. Yeah, it's random. Who knows where it comes from, but it's it's good. I like that aspect, especially like the podcast group and things like that. I'm really up for getting into a conversation and sharing ideas, and you know, it's it is networking without having to leave your house, which right. is right. The, the the classic bit of actual networking, which yeah. I, which is basically just meeting people, isn't it? Yeah, no, sure. And I mean, the second question I ask everybody is, what do you do now? I am a freelance radio audio producer, editor, dad, and station manager at Radio Reverb in Brighton. Which is where we are now. Right here. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think most of the conversation is going to be really about audio as we go forwards. But I guess the first question that I've got really, I guess it's related to audio, it's related to sound, is that, I mean, obviously, you know, your name is Scottish, you are Scottish, right? Yeah, very much so. But your accent was surprisingly less Scottish than I expected when I met you today. Yeah, a lot of people have asked me about this, and it's weird, I've got a chameleon-like Accent. If I'm speaking to my Scottish pals, it becomes more Scottish. Right. I have lived abroad and worked and lived with a lot of non-native English speakers, and that's when I was a lot younger, and that, that taught me to slow down. And I think from that, 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 that certainly had an influence. You know, constantly I get it all the time. I lived in Glasgow for a while, and people are going, what part of England are you from? And I'm right. Like, Edinburgh, you know, just over there the capital city <laughs> <laughs> but you know I, I, it is what it is and it, it, it changes yeah um, but I think people some people Glaswegian particularly then just never ever it never falters if you meet a Glaswegian I've met one in South Africa and he'd been there for 40 years and he, he sounded exactly like he's from the Gorbals right know? the Edinburgh accent is a lot Softer, softer, yeah, yeah. definitely. And yeah. I mean, I can't, I can, and I can hear the Edinburgh in your voice. I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and I kind of know that that feeling myself. In the, I mean, I'm, I don't really have a, a, a locatable accent. I don't think like it. My, my, my accent certainly changes. I think depending on who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to people from Cardiff, I go much more back to my roots, back to my kind of teenage accent. But I can go a bit like I can go a bit Midlands. I can go a bit London. I can go a bit kind of. 
posh, I guess, like like uh, my my dad's kind of uh, phone voice. I might might call it. Uh, it certainly creeps into my own voice, and I go, oh, I'm I'm also weaponizing my my privilege in my accent mm-hmm. um, by by accident. Uh, I guess sometimes purposefully. I always find I I, I speak better when I'm speaking to authority, uh, and that is something that means that people like me get away with more. Sadly, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, <laughs> back in my youth, it's, it's like. You know, doing free parties and things, which was something I did a lot of. Uh, uh, I would often get, you know, the, the police have turned up. Mako would go and sort them out, so I would go and sweet talk them and talk posh. Um, right. And not that I'm posh, but, you know, I can turn it on and. Yeah. You know, well, that's a useful skill to have if you're doing those kind of parties. Yeah, right? s- string a few syllables together and be, <laughs> be polite. Yes. And not call them. Um, Whatever. Yeah. 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 Although you can swear on my on my show, it's not actually it's not broadcast radio. Yeah, I'm just stuck in radio mode. Aren't I? <laughs> There's no Ofcom. Right. When did audio come into your life? Um, oh, very early, very early. First single I bought was "Remember You're a Womble," which was um, 1970s. And then I can remember I had a tape of Galaxy Gold, it was called, synthesizer hits, sci-fi hits, and I used to sit and spend hours and hours just listening to it over and over in headphones, which I'm sure made my parents really happy because I was quiet for once. Um, I played violin constantly in various different bands when I was younger. At school, they had a cupboard filled with recording gears, old multi-tracks and things like that and none of the teachers had a clue what to do with it so I never played truant by leaving the school property but I did play truant by just going to the music cupboard and sitting there and like the maths teacher would come and go you're supposed to be in our class not the music department at the moment it's like well you know <laughs> this is what it is, but um, and you were st- at least you. Were, I mean, you were learning. Still. I was learning. <laughs> I was definitely learning. Yeah, and then from there, I went to work in the theatre and learned all sorts of skills that were applicable to running free parties and sound systems, etc. I never really worked in the theatre particularly, although in my posh CV it does say that I worked in the theatre for quite a long time. Right, um, an arts collective, um, which. It, uh, the ambiguous sort of thing, yeah. where the reality was a, a, a truck with a sound system, right? I mean, so I mean, what, what were I mean? Where where were those free parties? What were they like? Well, we did a whole load of clubs around Edinburgh, and then a load of load of them around Edinburgh, basically within walking distance of Edinburgh city centre is a um, a quarry, and so you can go out there and even be in the the outdoors without light pollution and and have a have a really rather nice party and then in the morning you people start walking their dogs and are slightly confused and you know was yeah and when was that what kind of what decade in the 90s right and like be, the beginning of the 90s yeah um all, all the way throughout the 90s particularly and we went on quite a few uh, european adventures as well so ah, right and did that kind of come out of the rave scene yeah yeah definitely. i figured it i figured it would have done i mean the rave scene like it's 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 for me for me so i'm like i think i'm a, a, you know i'm a little bit younger than you um in the 
so you know for me like i went to university in 2000 so i was alive in the 90s but i wasn't like i was not having the the glory and the you know the 80s as well right the it's the end of the 80s the mm. beginning of the 90s is that the second summer of love right yeah i was very young for that but i did certainly was caught up with it right know? um and uh, edinburgh at the time had some you know they they, they there was a uh, a few clubs there was Pure and Sativa and Sativa in particular sort of recreated that free festival ethos and squat party or whatever you wanted to have inside in a, in what had been the traditional nightclub environment right so it kind of commercialised not the, really because no? not it was really very much not <laughs> good very very <laughs> to the point where you you never knew who was playing and like some of the the greatest producers in, in Detroit t- techno producers would oh, be wow. over and no one would have an idea who was playing and what was playing it's not like today where there's a DJ up on the stage it was like there's loads of camel netting and somewhere in there was some decks and, <laughs> and someone playing records it was about it was about a shared experience of you know being on a dance floor dancing amazing like a lunatic I mean because I, I like I mean because I, I, I wasn't there for it but I have read about a lot of rave culture like rave culture and the roots in Detroit and, and the music dance music in general and, and how it grew up and the drug scene and how that grew up and how all of those things influenced each other and but the whole kind of you know football hooligans taking ecstasy and then hugging each other instead of fighting and that whole kind of that whole kind of the whole time is kind of for me is kind of it's my 60s if you like like when when people kind of get nostalgic about the 60s and 70s for me i'm kind of nostalgic for for that rave scene but i've i've you know obviously you can't go back in time you no. can't change the generation you were born into no, but certainly when i went to university um i definitely sort of uh, dabbled in the ethos of 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 that kind of uh, that kind of scene i mean so the, so the parties you were running were free parties outside yeah generally um but we also ran club nights as well various different club nights Amazing. The two were, you know, the two fed each other. Right. Generally, the same people would turn up for. I mean, yeah. did you make money from that then? No, I don't think we ever made any money. So I've, no, I've no idea how I existed from, <laughs> from 1992 <laughs> to 2000. I've no idea. Um, I speak to loads of my pals, and none of us have any idea. We, we seem to we seem to eat. Right. We we and there's no squatting in Scotland, so we paid rent somehow. Yeah. Most of the time. I, I have no idea. I mean, you, you, you we bought ju- records, <laughs> right, 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 yeah, to play right, yeah. quite a lot, and they're quite expensive. Yeah, I mean, you enjoyed those years, even yeah, if you yeah, can't course, quite course. remember how I, you. I can't did them. really remember them, to be honest. So, yeah. And what part? What parts of the world did you go on these adventures to? Um, just mainly around Europe, over to Czech Republic, France, north of Spain, Holland, wow. Germany, Belgium, even. Yeah, and so music was your first kind of love then. Yeah, absolutely, and it's still a massive love. Yeah, I mean, clearly, I mean, I, I've I've got that vibe from you a lot when sort of seeing you on social media that music's a, a thing that you're into. And in fact, you've you, you're really you were really helpful the other day. I was kind of looking for songs for a playlist, and you you suggested some really great songs that I'd not heard before. So I I I, I enjoyed that. So music is something that you made, and then you made these dance kind of nights, and really kind of went into the music thing. Mm-hmm. How did you come from music to radio? I mean, I guess there's there's a crossover because radio the, plays music. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But um, I, I was working doing a lot of live music events. I, I I became a lot more legit, you know, promoting promoting gigs, promoting events, and then doing production 
So roading and crewing for various events and that that led to an awful lot of driving on motorways in trucks and vans. And that's where I developed a deep love for speech radio because there's there's a point where you can hear too much music. Yeah, <laughs> sure, for sure. And if you're on tour, particularly, or or if you're going from festival to festival to festival to festival to festival and on for a whole summer, you, you in between those little breaks that you have, that's not really a break because you're driving hundreds of miles of the truck, I would listen to speech radio, particularly Radio 4 started to you know I'm trying to remember exactly when it was quite a few years ago started to to pick up on podcasts and go oh l- listening to some of the american ones like radio lab right is one of the first ones i listened to and that blew me away it's like this is that's i i i've always been into that sort of style thing and documentaries etc anyway but it was just a whole new way yeah, of delivering that, and you, it, it definitely the first sort of times I heard Radio Lab, I was like, you know, I guess it reminds me of like experiences people talk about of like hearing the Sex Pistols or hearing Joy Division or hearing something uh, where it's like this is a completely new sound I've never ever heard before, but it was speech radio rather than music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my my jaw dropped. You know, I was like, this just is superb. Yeah, yeah, yeah so creative and. Making use of sound design and music in, uh, to really weave a tapestry that carries a narrative over. Yeah, it was just yeah. beautiful. And then from that, you know, once you get catch the podcast bug, you know, you start to find that uh, any time when I was commuting anywhere I would, I, or on my own, I would be trying to listen to the podcast. And then I had kids and being sort of doing roadie and crewing rock and roll behaviour isn't really conducive to to being a, a, a modern sensible parent right not that I'd ever consider myself a fully sensible parent but you but wanted to be a parent that was there I wanted there to be a parent that, that was, was there far away, yeah. you know um, I was lucky when with, with my son I took a year and a half paternity most people wouldn't think that that is doable. It's, it's like, well, money doesn't mean that much to me and my partner. Yeah, you know, it'd be it's nice. It's nice to have money, but it wasn't not the be all and end all. What's much more important was being there for and looking after the little one and seeing them grow and getting into that vibe. You know, right? I mean, a year and a half is a long time to not be out making any income. I mean, I was I was doing a, f- a few bits of right. local crewing, but not right. very much, you know. And then, yeah, um, I'd always loved radio. Uh, my partner was... We had planned to come down to Brighton, and she was going to do a degree, which she's still doing. She's taking quite some time. It's like eight <laughs> years or nine years to do a degree. Well, if you're enjoying something, why not, like, take your I time? I think she did enjoy it. I don't think she's enjoying it quite so much. Right, I guess it can go on for a, on a long time. Yeah, but there's, yeah. there's children in between there. And right, they, you know, and they, that's a reason to, yeah, to, to be slowing it down, yeah. And so I never expected to, to move down to the South Coast, but there we were, so we moved out of London and came down here. I studied um, at Brighton University, did uh, media production there. I thought I might as well study as well as she was, and... And get yeah. some qualifications okay. to go with your experience. I, I, I don't think you particularly need a degree or a, a qualification to do radio in, or audio in any way. Yeah. You know, none of the front of house sound engineers I know have got degrees or college courses. No, no, no. None of them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Lots of different ways into it, but you know, 
I think the most of them is less like you know, they've got a mate's band and they go well, like, we need someone to push the faders up and down yeah. and then they learn from there and get the mistakes and yeah and then yeah yeah no sure I mean and you know I, I, I've got quite a few friends who are sort of do sound production and, and yeah I mean but although actually most of them have at some point done the, done a course I, I think I think know. I think it's now becoming more of a, a thing where it's more accepted now to to, to go and to get a degree I, I got a lot a lot out of it and I think being a mature student as well is yeah you know, I think most people go to a university are, are not ready to do it. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, right. I think I think there's a tiny percentage, and I think about this because I've got kids, and they will be getting into that point unless they're really ready for it. I'll be going, mm, maybe you should go backpacking or working or something like that. You know, find out actually who you are a bit, and then come back. Some some kids might be really up for it. They'll go, I want to be a doctor, and I'm going to get straight A's, and I'm going to go straight into this, and then da 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 da. Great. I don't think that's most people. Right, no, that's a good point. Certainly wasn't me. Uh, you know, I did uh, an attempt at university back in 1990-something. <laughs> right, in the wilderness years. Yeah, that didn't work at all. No, well, I mean, it wouldn't have done, really, if you were do- having so much excitement outside of... Uh, I mean, it was all quite interesting, but... No. Right, and now you're working in community radio. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have I, I, I've worked for it on a couple of stations and done freelance things, but I, I really loved from when community radio first came about. Um, I, I thought this is a really good idea. I mean, radio is really powerful. I mean, radio and, and audio and podcast it just gives empowers voices that you don't normally hear because commercial radio makes you know it's not my thing. Fine, right. for, fine for people that want to do it, but it's not my thing at all. It, it, it's about selling. It's about the bottom line. It's that capitalist structure. It's you know playing songs that people like a lot that I, I'm not really interested in. I mean, it's even you know it's it's even questionable if if commercial radio plays songs that people like a lot or people like the songs they like because per- commercial radio well, uh, plays them a lot. I, think there's, I there's, mean, it's it's very hard to see which came first in some ways. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I think there's different... I mean, you can get quite deep into the, the music. I think there's a s- section of people that really love music. Um... And Six Music is a really good example of this. Most of the people that listen to Six Music are quite devoted to music. You know, they 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 they're not just dabblers or anything like that. I think most people at commercial radio, it's the 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 music is not really that important. It's just a background thing, and it it, it keeps them company. It's part of their part of their their routine. Right. Because a lot of radio is routine. Right. Company is a good word as well. Yeah. I think that is a lot of radio is just company. I mean, certainly I've used... Before yeah. podcasts came along, you know, radio was my company. Now podcasts are my company. But they're, they're not, there's not really very much difference between radio and podcasts in, in many ways, although I also think they're, they are different beasts in terms of how they, how they work, what they offer to producers, what they offer to listeners. I think they are very different. But at the same time, they're from the same family. Certainly people cross over between the two different... Yeah genres all the time absolutely and then then saying that about radio i mean there's some radio that's an appointment to listen that i have to concentrate about if i'm doing the dishes i tend to do the dishes late at night because i 
uh, I'll get a nice bit of listening to radio time. I'll put it on late junction and yeah, you know, nice background, weird music makes me happy. I can do the dishes to it. Where if I'm listening to you know late night politics, I'll probably start breaking the dishes because I'm <laughs> paying attention to what's going on. You know, right. Right, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think there's similarities there in the form, this audio. There's not, you know, it's 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 the, the, a, a good podcast. Uh, if I'm listening to a good podcast, I can't read a newspaper while I'm doing it. Right, I, I've got to focus on on what's coming in my ears. Right, where generally, if it's the radio, I can pretty much do something else at the same time well that's an interesting thing i mean i love radio lab as we mentioned you know not that it's without criticism as it's gone on there's been some episodes that have been controversial and i think questionable but but i think generally speaking radio lab is a, an excellent show i don't listen to it anymore because it involves too much concentration yeah. and i very rarely have the time to give that level of concentration to I, something I'm, I'm exactly the same at this moment in time i don't actually have that much time to listen to podcasts right yeah, me too. I'm making too much audio, which means that it's very hard to find the time. Yeah, and and if I'm on the train, I'm often bringing my daughter, so I'm not going to listen to something. I'll, I'll, I'll right, be playing with her. And yeah, yeah. Speaking to her, you know, uh, you'd have to be incredibly committed to podcasts to uh, ignore your children. To ignore your yeah, children yeah, yeah. while you sit there with your headphones yeah. on, it's just quiet now. Yeah, I, I'm listening to my podcast. Right. Yeah, maybe when they're older. And, yeah. You can listen together. That's yeah, a different okay. thing. Although there's a, there isn't very many podcasts that necessarily are going to have that crossover appeal for young people and 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 and, and adults. But yeah, no, probably not. No, not <coughs> not, not that I can think of. Right well, maybe often. there's a gap in the market. There you probably, go. Probably, yeah. That needs to be done. Family family based podcasts. I mean, there's definitely some stuff about children. There's definitely yeah. stuff about parenting. There's some Loads really great shows like about that. parenting. There is. Yeah, family shows are not something that happens on podcasts. I guess partly because I think podcasts are very direct and personal and kind of niche and so yeah. that kind of doesn't lend itself to the uh, all people voice that, no, that family I, shows no, have no. Yeah. And, and, and when I'm listening to and it's interesting when I'm listening to radio with my kids they like to listen to music you know they like the songs and if there's someone yabbering in between they're going well when's the next song coming on right Right. Um, <laughs> used to listen to a lot of the CBBS radio. And yeah. I believe you were involved with one of them. I did. I made a program for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ministries of Stories. That's right? right. Ministry of Stories, a collaboration with the organisation Ministry of Stories. We had Jenny Murray as the voice of the chief, and uh, a great uh, writer and comedian Terry Saunders played the kind of number two. I think we called him. And uh, yeah, and the kids wrote the show. Uh, well, I wrote the sketches with Jenny Murray and Terry, but the kids. Wrote the stories yeah, and that I, mean, was I, I love the concept but here's the one if we were in the car the kids would like that but if, were, if we we're at home they would be going no no yeah. no put on CBeebies I, I want to see it yeah it, yeah no but, I, I agree you know, the, the kids they don't they, they know that CBeebies shows exist TV shows and they're all like that's what I want right I want to see that in a uh, way it's the branding's the problem yeah it's and, called uh, CBeebies they expect what they know CBeebies to be and, you know it, it, yeah, but then I was, I was speaking to them and going well your your gran when she was growing up radio was all there was you know, and they would listen with mother and things like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Know? And and it's like there wasn't a television, and they just couldn't get their head around it. And I think there's got to be the same thing when I, I speak to. Uh, 
they're quite young, so they haven't quite grasped the full thing. It's just like this time before internet, this time before phones. Right. Yeah, you know, they're, they're the touchscreen generation. Right, yeah, absolutely. Um, this idea of the not being computers at school and things like that, because my high school, there was a couple of computers. I, I can't remember ever using one at high school, but right. that idea is just crazy now. It's just slightly tangential. It's just like um, going to music festivals, speaking to some of the young people I was at uh, Muni with, you know, 19-, 20-year-olds. I was speaking to them at music festivals. So, like, we didn't have mobile phones. We went to music festivals. We'd go to Glastonbury, and we'd arrange to meet someone at a certain point, and then we'd either meet them or not meet them. Right. And that was it. Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking that the last few weeks, because, I mean, I'm doing work that involves me going all over the country, and I've been just thinking, like, before Google Maps as an app on a phone existed, like, this, I I couldn't live the way I'm living. I couldn't do the things I'm doing. I couldn't just go, right, where am I supposed to be today? How do I get there? Like, you know, and in fact, I got to Brighton today and the first person I was going to meet, I was sort of on the way to meet them. And, you know, the email that told me the address of where I was going sort of vanished from my phone. And I sort of had this moment of like, ah, I am too reliant on this. I have no backup plan. But then, of course, I realised that I could log on to my emails via the Safari on my phone. So I, I had a backup on the phone. But without that phone, I would have been screwed. I, I mean, yeah. I, 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 I definitely I mean, I, I, I definitely think that there is something about being too reliant on yeah, technology. Yeah. Where the, the key for me is, like, I, I've driven all over Europe. And I, I, if you wanted me now, I could drive to Berlin. Right. I don't need a map. I can drive to Berlin right now and I can get you to a certain point in Tackley's bar. I'll drive you now, I can get you there. But if I did that same journey the first time and used a sat-nav, I wouldn't be able to drive you there because my brain synapses or whatever it is that's doing the navigation part doesn't... It's not remembering. It's not yeah. bringing... The recall's not there. Yeah, that's right. So if I'm going up the roads and I'm using a sat-nav... I'm not going to be able to sensibly redo that journey where a journey that I did 10, 15 years ago, I can pretty much pretty much get it first time. That's the one to me where it really becomes apparent. I'm like, oh, this is... It's doing different things to your brain. Right. I think smartphones and the technology is rearranging our brains. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's probably true. I just I don't know if that's a bad thing or a I good thing. No. I, I mean, I think with all things, it's kind of neutral. Like, there's good yeah, and bad the, things. there's pros it. and cons. And isn't it excellent that I can not be lost in the city centre? Yeah, That's exactly. fab. Yeah. You know? I love the fact that I have a device that reminds me about meetings. Because you know, I can set it to remind me the day before, an hour before, and ten minutes before. And, like... This is handy. This is very handy. Where a few years ago, I would have probably not been in the same country, you know, after arranging that meeting, so... Yeah, no, sure. The station that we're in now... Yes. What what is this station? Radio Reverb, I'm pretty recent here. I've only been working here for less than two months. Reverb has been in existence for, I think, just slightly over 11 years. And I would say it's a real, true representative 
um, community radio station. It's not just about a community, it's bringing many communities. The show we had next door just before we came in was uh, LGBT, which is the only LGBT uh, show in Brighton, which for Brighton, that's important. That is actually a surprise that there's only one. No, there's only one specific show that's about it. Coming in next is HIV Happy Hour, and that's a couple of chaps that, I think the name gives it away, the the HIV positive... um, it's how to health and health messages and you know living with HIV, but in a positive way and getting people's stories of living with HIV. Right. Well, it's a very different thing to live with HIV now Absolutely. Uh, than it was when when the uh, epidemic or whatever we want to call it first started, for sure. I mean, they recently had a chemsex episode, and that was quite interesting. I bet. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that you wouldn't hear. There's uh, refugee radio, which the name gives it away. It's um, different refugees come and telling their stories there's carousel radio which is different uh, young adults that have got learning disabilities that it's a, a different organization but they do the a radio show that gets broadcast here and then lots of different music um lots of different community chat shows about our community happenings so there's not just one community, there's many communities. Right, and it sounds like lots of those communities are communities that don't really get voices it's, elsewhere. It's, it's voices that are generally not heard on, on the radio. It's giving people an opportunity to be part of something like this. I think a lot of community radio isn't generally listened to by the wider community, <laughs> by the wider communities it's supposed to serve. It's not the case in Brighton. There's a lot of people listen to Reverb. Just because it's... Okay, uh, you might not like the the music or the the strange soundscape or whatever weird thing is happening. In an hour's time, you'll have yeah the English disco lovers. I think you might know of the EDL. They did a protest against EDL marches and called themselves the English disco lovers instead of the EDL. And oh it right. sort of spawned from that. That's so they're, cool. They're sort of a protest-based and activist. So anti-fascist, basically. Yeah, but a bit more than that. Now they're sort of working a lot with organisations to raise awareness and funds for different things going on in Calais and ah, right. Dunkirk in the migrant crisis there right so being like a positive really antidote positive to the with lots and lots of disco right loads <laughs> of disco you know so there's the, there's the route there yeah uh, I, I just love I mean whoever came up with that concept was great it is a great it's, concept yeah it's, it's just like you know, screw you you fascist we're the we're the EDL yes I mean and how does this radio run like is it how does it funded? it is funded by donations be those business sponsoring to mostly is listeners listeners can go to radioreverb.com and donate and they can also go to radioreverb.com and listen to <laughs> find out why they're donating right so it's got an online radio station feed right there's yeah there's uh, we're on fm we're on dab around brighton which is a, a local local DAB multiplex yep. it's a trial from Ofcom at the moment oh cool I think uh, Resonance in London are, are doing uh, that as well and I sort of do stuff occasionally with Resonance and uh, my other show the Restart Project goes out on Resonance and I know, and they've just changed the DAB that's pretty exciting yeah, it's, it's great a Resonance Extra is on down in Brighton right which I have been listening to <laughs> 
So this is the thing, if I was working commercial radio, you would never, ever, ever mention another broadcaster, ever. Right, but it's much more supportive. They're a different audience. Yeah. Why can't we share share the airwaves? Well, that kind of way of thinking... Cooperative. Yeah, I mean, that way, that kind of way of thinking is very similar to how podcasters think. Exactly. I mean, that's one of the things I love about podcasting, is that it's a supportive group of people rather than a competitive group of people. No, absolutely. It's one of the things, as, as it's like, obviously, as a, 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 as a freelance, I, I, I do like to have a bit of business going on but I've kind of almost given up with with the, the podcast world of trying to tout for business because generally everyone's just getting on with it so if I can help people out I, I'm up for it yeah you're very you're always very kind with that kind of thing in the Facebook group that we're in together you know when people have problems you always give advice which is really good because podcasters the great thing about podcasting is that you don't have to know anything you can you can learn on the job you can work it out yeah but, absolutely. but because of that it means that we we often hit hit a wall of knowledge and then we're like ah oh, i need to do this one simple thing but I, I just don't know how and you know you'll be a very supportive uh part of like get helping people out on and that. i think there's the, the, I, I mean there's many levels and that's many levels in the the podcast Diaspora. I think even with the the sort of entrepreneur business sort of side of it, yeah, there's a lot of best practice being shared. Yeah, that's true. Which is good. Then there's also a lot of people trying to make money going join my course and yeah, you know, you know, which yeah, is no. fine for people. Yeah, you know, I'm I, I'm not against it at all. You know. Yeah. If if you want to go down that route, that's fine. I think it's fine. It's fine. It's fine if people want to make informed decisions yeah. about what they want to do. Where I think it kind of is frustrating sometimes is that you know you don't have to go on a course to do podcasting well, no, I, and people who present it as you do yeah you that's must a problem. The, this I mean, is a 12 step yeah program I mean, that you've got to do and it's like that's bollocks i mean know? i i sometimes make money from from doing kind of training people how to do podcasting so i am kind of part of that kind of thing i guess occasionally people will pay me money to to, to either do a, a presentation about what po- podcasting can be or an actual course but and that's fine uh, ironically i think the main thing i ever do on those things is to say you can do it yeah like, do and it. people kind of need that permission it's the same with true storytelling like everybody can tell stories what they need to be done in a, in a true storytelling workshop <coughs> essentially all i do is say you can tell stories don't be afraid and yeah. then they do and then they learn that they can you know it's confidence yeah I, you know, I i can i can i can give you a catalyst of some confidence in a bottle here yeah you go. it's 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 confidence but it's also like people don't value their own experience yeah no, definitely and and it's not just the value as well it's just like we're all bored by our own story like we know the ending we know we know how we get we got to here we don't think any of those parts of our lives are necessarily interesting and that's another thing that i think people need to be told is is guess what your experience is unique therefore if you tell other people about it it will be interesting mm. you know i always thought my life was was very boring and kind of not very eventful and it's only telling stories about my life in front of people that's that's taught me how weird my life has actually been you know when people like look at you like no that's not normal then you go oh i see that's not normal i thought that was pretty standard you know yeah no absolutely it's one of the things that's it's like trading volunteers it's like a whole load of them one of the reasons they come to do some people are coming to do community radio that are just extroverts that just want to get out there and tell their story push their music and talk about the the things that matter to them in the community where 
some of the, the, the quite meek little mousy people and that's fine that's great because you can see them come in and then they get to used to the sound of their own voice and go actually I'm just I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm fine with my own voice sounds funny through right. this and then then you can see the, 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 them growing flowering and getting getting into it going oh I could do this and I can ask a good thing I'm sure it's the same for if you do workshops for it is yeah it is very and, and actually I think often it's the people who, who don't put themselves forward they're the most valuable stories they're the most valuable voices because we don't hear them no, uh, yeah. and I'm very interested in hearing from people who we don't hear from because I I get very frustrated by the mainstream media if you like um, that it is so homogenous in every way like it's not that's not just about it being you know white middle class men it's, it's about it being you know just one 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 kind of voice one kind of message you never hear like all of the different facets of humanity all of these different like pockets of humanity that we, we don't hear from at all uh, and that's that makes me frustrated because i like new stuff and there's so much new stuff but we we just don't hear that new stuff we just hear the same old same old in general um, i mean there's a really interesting thing coming up we've got a station sponsor um who's a a local taxi company they've been around for ages and, and we're going to be doing some work with them and yeah I was thinking it's just like you know what taxi drivers and hairdressers generally when we are communicating in like social media or whatever there is a, an, an echo chamber there because yeah. you'll tend to to be friends with people that are like minded yeah right um where with these taxi drivers and uh, I reckon it's probably a few other professions but if you think of a taxi driver no you're going to you're picking up people and people have stories okay a lot of the journeys is just going to be someone sat in the back that says can you take me to here but the other times you're going to have people that have just broken up with their boyfriend you know on on route to see their grandson all of these or is incredibly drunk yeah right <laughs> or really high or whatever you know and right across the whole spectrum of society sitting in your cab for three minutes to 20 minutes to an hour you might be taking them to the airport i think it's going to be really interesting to me it puts me into the idea it's like oh this could be a really interesting strand to go down it's just like it's definitely an interesting idea i think there's some there's definitely some questions about like ethics i guess oh there's always ethics it's not audio but i I know uh, there's the artist taxi driver have you heard of him yes yeah yeah but i mean but he has actual guests that he you know they're, they're they're relatively famous you know well-known guests he doesn't yeah, just interview yeah, anyone yeah. who comes into his taxi he gets kind uh, of people who are normally interviewed in slightly different circumstances yeah, into his taxi it, and and interviews them in that and way. someone's telling me about a nice film based in tehran where someone uh, did the film which was based upon him driving the people around and filming them but made a, a, a documentary film based upon that. Wow, and, that's good. And I, I'd like to see it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it sounds intriguing. I, I, I'm not sure if he actually charged people as a test driver or did they, you know, there was, and yes, there's ethics, consent, all of these have to come into play right. there, you know. Um, I mean, the best audio you'd get would be audio that, that you couldn't use. I mean, that's the thing. To get the best audio for those situations, you'd want to not tell people you were recording, and yeah. that's absolutely unethical, and you that's can't do that. The, that yeah, yeah. I mean, not just I mean, not just in terms of legal, you can't do that. I mean, in terms of moral, you can't yeah, do that. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it, yeah, it's a moral thing. Okay, I, I, I have 
secretly recorded my friends, but that's me taking the piss, and I would never, right? I would never use that audio well, for for anything other than joke purposes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and also you can obviously you can you can record someone without telling them, and then, then afterwards say, "I recorded you. Is it okay is to it, use yes, this?" Of and, course. And you know, I mean, that, I, that's that's not an unethical thing to do. And you know, I mean, I, I often worry quite a lot about kind of definitely getting consent about recording people and I know a lot of people don't worry quite as much as I do and I've certainly had no like people have said to me you should just turn on your mic and record people straight away without giving them a chance to like acclimatize and that's not necessarily something I disapprove of but it's not my style it's I think everyone I has their, everyone has their own style yeah um, yeah Absolutely. I mean, I'm if I'm recording, I, I it depends where it is. If, yeah. if I've made uh, the decision that I'm going to go and record someone, I've been, I I will often have my recorder ready, rolling before I press the doorbell. When I go in, I'm very clear that I'm recording. Is that yeah. all right? Right. And right. you know, and that just to make sure that you're really clear, and then I'll carry on recording way after an interview's finished. Just. You know, I'm, I'm getting well track or whatever, but that's the bit where you can often just get those little really tasty morsels. That, yeah, which are, are, are you know, people drop down or they, get, they just become so comfortable that they've forgotten. And I mean, there's the joy of 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 interviewing with audio. It's 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 you know, it's not like you're pushing a camera in people's faces. That's very true. With lights and all of this shenanigans, you know. Yeah, it's much easier to get people to talk on mic than yeah, it is to get them to talk on, on video. I mean, the main thing that people say to me when I'm doing the Restart Project podcast generally is, you're not going to have to see my face, are you? And I'm like, no. And they're like, ah, okay, good. And then they're much more into that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I'm more comfortable with, with just my voice being there than, than my face, but I'm not particularly comfortable with either of those things, particularly being seen uh, or heard. For someone who's not very comfortable with it, I guess I'd, I I pretty much do it 24-7. I was going to so. say, you're doing, you're doing a pretty good <laughs> job of getting it out there. That's, yeah. I mean, I've got used to my voice definitely <coughs> over the years. Like, the, the initial thing is always that people have is that everyone does yeah because, it's, because it does. doesn't sound like it sounds in your own head I mean I was just training someone before we came in here and you know explaining why yeah. it sounds different right you know and she was like oh right you know because it's coming through your bones and you know, and, and diff- yeah, you know acoustically it, it, it's acoustic- reaching you in, in a completely different, different, way. different way yeah I stopped before I got really boring towards it but yeah, non-linear hearing and things like that I, I stopped there but um, <laughs> it was one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had of being in an anechoic chamber which is uh, a chamber that they use for testing microphones and speakers and also for acoustic research and acoustic physics research and there's no eternal reflections at all it's a totally damp in rooms, and it it's nuts. So you can only really hear yourself coming through your bones and the inner part. You're not hearing the outer part of your voice. Wow, it's really odd. That sounds odd. I thoroughly recommend it. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in there for very long at all. It plays very very funny tricks with your mind. Yeah, it sounds fun in some ways it kind of is, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. not for too long yeah right well I mean there's lots of fun that you shouldn't do for too long uh, yeah. not you, from 1992 to yeah 
Yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean, wh- wh- where are we where are we at for the time? I realise I because I normally have the time in front of me, but I, I uh, we're, we're we're yakking away up to fifty. Ah, right, yeah, fifty. F- <laughs> this is around the time normally that I check, so that's it's kind of interesting. You have a kind of internal. Yeah, clock. you do have an internal clock, and uh, you know, and uh, at this point, I always check, and uh, my my guests generally say, "How are we doing?" And I say, "Yeah, we're doing great." which gives them no evidence of actually how long we're actually through. So you're in a unique position as a guest of knowing the time, whereas normally I like to, to not tell people because we might go well over time and uh, they, will, they will become uncomfortable about that, whereas uh, if, I don't, if I don't mention it, then they won't, they won't care. It's only afterwards that they'll say, why didn't you edit loads of that out? And the answer is because I like a long... It's a long-form show, guys. It's a long-form show. Yeah, but there's a rub. <laughs> <laughs> so it has been a real pleasure getting better acquainted with you uh, up to this point. Thanks so much for sort of having me into your studio. Yeah, it's, it's a unique position for me to be in a radio studio and be recording. Like Norton, I think we've d- I've done two or three that I can think of which have been in recording studios, but I've n- never used the equipment until now. I've always used my Zoom in the recording studio which i found amusing um but those people who i've been doing have not been kind of audio people in the same way that you are so i, th- I kind of like the idea of of going into your world for this yeah no this it's one. cool it's cool uh, interestingly I, I i i haven't actually recorded in the studio before so there's a, a few vagaries i've found so it's been a, a good process right you're, you're learning how I, i'm learning working. actually how this one all puts together and it, it's quite basic it's community radio so you know there's no, there's nothing flash here, right? And a lot of this stuff has been donated and you know, begged, borrowed through, through down the years. So this desk is probably twenty odd years old, and yeah, it, it, rough, <laughs> rough and ready. But th- this is a, this is the studio too. The, the main studios are a lot flusher, and that's that's where we normally. You know, anything live is going off in there. Really. Right, and people definitely shouldn't uh, listen to this and go, "That's the sound quality that Mako can give to them," because you can, yeah. g- you can give you can give any level uh, of, of of sound quality that they wish to uh, pay you for. Right? Indeed, yeah, <laughs> yeah indeed. Um, and the fifth of March donations is is our main thing. We've got a twenty four hour broadcast, which is it's sort of like the American style, where we'll be having what we're calling the reverbathon. Nice. Which is just back-to-back shows with people trying to do something different from what the normal show is. So the punk and rock show are going to turn into a cheesy pop show. It's just people playing, doing something different from right. what they would normally do. Trying to subvert things. The bizarro world version yeah, go, of the station. Yeah, yeah. Just and and but we'll be pushing out, saying, "Come on, if you love the station, help us stay on air and help you know." We don't want to play adverts. No one wants adverts. But what we need is, is donations, which is people here are not used to paying for radio. In America, it's an accepted thing. You know, all the public radio stations right. will do, you know, they're constantly asking for money in lots of different ways. Yeah. And they're masters at it. Well, I think that's definitely a, a thing that is reflected in the way that podcasts work here as well. Like o- over there, it's much easier to get people to pay uh, donations yeah. to get podcasts running. Whereas here, it's like, hey, we already pay a license fee. Why are we going to bother? Yeah, like, that's, why would that's, they do that? That's all we do. I don't know. It's catch twenty two, isn't it? Because I, I kind of, I believe in free. I believe in in that kind of thing and I, I mean I'm, I'm kind of broadly speaking anti-capitalist but at the same time you know uh, I do want to 
get paid for all of the work I do and uh, so it's it's a kind of tough one and it's kind of like it's a bit too in some ways it's big society to say hey you guys support me directly like I, I don't really have a problem with it really ultimately I think the idea of artists dealing directly with audiences is a much nicer yeah. and more kind of like a barter system uh, than anything else within kind of the the, the bigger ca- yeah, capitalist right. framework going right. on. No, absolutely. Um, uh, on which note, people sh- can donate to the show if they want to. Uh, there, there is a button on the SoundCloud page uh, where you can where you can donate. Go to go to the PayPal account and uh, decide how much you want to pay uh, me to do what I do for free Uh, and I assume you enjoy it because you are listening so if you want this to keep happening uh, you can definitely do that so the the last the the last question I ask everyone is do you have anything to plug and I guess we've kind of covered a little bit of this so I just plugged though yeah well no no that's fine I mean uh, so what was the what was the date of that Uh, the 5th of March the 5th of March so I have to make sure this goes out before then it doesn't matter (laughs) you can can go to uh, radioreverb.com and listen don't just donate. You've got to listen first, um, even if it's even if it's only for a minute. Then donate. Right. You don't want pity donations. No, I don't want pity donations. Absolutely. There's some really interesting output. Finally, recommend you check it out. There's some very out there things going on in this station. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think I've got very eclectic tastes in music, but there's there's a few things I've heard here and I've gone wow, just great. just wow, and that's great. Yeah, you know, that's so it's expanding your your which own is, which is, knowledge of mind, yeah, which is fabulous. You know, um, the, 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 yeah, um, I, I love the fact as well. There's the, there's a sort of social activism, uh, you know, uh, not just activism, but uh, you know, you know, try to help as well. You know, you, you know, so it, it, it's not just about. Hey, hey! Let's play music and do 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 do. There's a, there's a bit more meat to to this, you know. There's there's if you if you go searching through like the HIV happy hour, it's it's you know for that community that's got HIV. Here is a show that's specifically for you, talking about things that matter to you, um, and not not hiding under blankets and going do 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 do. You know, they're going well. Um, problems with different drugs that they're using and, and whatever right. you know um, yeah. as well as playing nice songs and having a laugh yeah. right I mean and I guess yeah I guess it's kind of like the whole the whole kind of community kind of different community groups coming together I mean that's a really valuable thing to have and not something that happens in many spaces it's not uh, so that's a great thing. I mean, d- so you've got the online feed. I mean, do, do do any of the shows podcast themselves? Yeah, they they, they all do, and we're having to listen again. Hopefully, it'll be kicking in shortly. But yeah, most. Uh, I mean, it's uh, an awful lot about the station is 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 we're a platform that they can then go off, and I think most of them are on Podomatic. Um, right, I'm not entirely sure why, but there we go. Well, uh, it's a better it's a better call than SoundCloud these days. Yes, I mean, yeah. Listeners, prepare yourself for, for, for potentially one day uh, me having to move my entire feed and you having to find me again. Uh, that happened. Uh, I lost like six six months worth of like f- like I was off the off. You know, had 
feed problems for six months uh, a while back and lost a lot of listeners then um but and now my feed is tied in directly to soundcloud rather than going through feedburner because feedburner screwed me over the yeah, first time yeah. round. so uh, this time round, i mean hopefully this won't happen but at the moment soundcloud's under a lot of uh, financial strain and if th- if it does go uh crash then uh i haven't stopped i can't see me stopping this ever so if if the show seems to have stopped any time please search it out i never got to say that the first time round because that those that you know those six months they can find you on twitter and facebook as exactly well. they should do that actually and then, they, then, they'll, then they'll know when things change uh, yeah i'm i'm at goosefart 101 on uh on twitter and i'm dave pickering on facebook which is a kind of open page no, nobody uses facebook like openly uh, to no. my knowledge apart from me uh, it always freaks out people occasionally occasionally people will be commenting on my on my on my facebook statuses and then suddenly realize that it's publicly that they're they're commenting and then they suddenly scuttle off and never speak to me again uh, <laughs> Uh, on Facebook they speak to me in person but yeah no that was very handy handy of you to drop in some extra plugs f- for me I never managed to I never rem- remember to plug myself m- much in the actual show I, although I always get to add on a, a thing at the end uh, to plug stuff um, yeah it's been great uh, to meet you and and to be in a in a, in a community radio studio. I mean, yeah, I, I found out there's a community radio studio studio in Leytonstone, so I've got to properly investigate that and get my myself in there because it's nice to have uh, a, 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 a studio set up occasionally. I think. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to do it all the time. I wouldn't want to get too used to it. I like no, the kind I, of I like it. Rough and ready. I like yeah. it. I, I mean, and we 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 do a lot of trading here. And one of the things we do trading is getting people in to go out and do features, little documentaries, packages. And it's just you know getting those fine arts of you know sticking a microphone in front of someone's face when you're out and about and getting right. some nice atmos and putting it all together with some music and sound effects to see what happens. And yeah, I mean that's another thing. You're a freelancer, right? Yeah. So I mean, is how can people contact you if they want to purchase your services? Probably the best way is to get me on Twitter. Actually, Mako Hibs, M A C O H I B S. Uh, there's MakoAudio.co.uk. Um, you can get me there as well. Uh, I. I yeah, that's probably the best one. <laughs> that's um, where you are. I'm fairly hidden on Facebook. Um, <laughs> um, Fair enough. Yeah, M- that's that. Many people are, and that's something I support. The right of anyone to be hi- as hidden or as public as they wish to be. It's when other people decide if you're public or, or I, hidden that I have a problem. I totally agree. And yeah, the last thing I ask my guests to do is to say goodbye to the audience. Goodbye, audience. Bye, everyone. Ace. Nice one. What About the Men Mansplaining Masculinity is now available as a podcast you can hear the whole show from beginning to end on the Stand Up Tragedy podcast as part of the Stand Up Tragedy Presents season you can find that through Stand Up Tragedy on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or anywhere that you go to find podcasts and I'd really like to invite you to have a listen to it it's not always easy there are some laughs but there's also a lot of very serious and painful stuff but it's uplifting at the end if you're a man i wrote this for you it's addressed to men myself included and i'd really appreciate it if you gave it a listen and share it with other men and get them to listen to it if you're not a man that's okay it is a show which all genders can get something out of it's about masculinity it's about patriarchy it's about my complicated relationship with being a man and hopefully you can get something from it at some point 
announced soon. I'll get around to embedding it on the website for the show, which is www.mansplainingmasculinity.co.uk. But please spread the word and share that show. I really believe in it. And the responses of men who I've done it for suggests to me that it has something that resonates with a lot of men's experience. And it's really important that men start looking at how we're constructed what position we're placed in within the world both for our own liberation but also for the liberation of others so i do hope you give it a listen you can donate to that show on its website you can also donate to getting better acquainted at www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk you can follow getting better acquainted on twitter at gba podcast you can like getting better acquainted on facebook and you can follow me on twitter i'm at Goosefat101. And remember, there are lots of ways to get better acquainted.